wee wee. I don't know why it's don't go chasing waterfalls. That has nothing to do with the podcast. I think I just got a new theme song. Um, that's amazing. Okay, so today we have this is my very first um, podcast with three people on it. This is like a milestone here, episode eighteen. Uh, but the fun thing is that for this movie is my favorite movie of all time, and the reason that I picked Jocelyn for this podcast one was because you've never seen it. Nope. What? And nope. I've literally, like, Dad's watched it, like, 576,000 times. Like, and I've seen, like, like, maybe, like, 15 minutes of it, like, different chunks. Oh, my God. But, like, that's it. Yeah. So, she's never watched it in its entirety. Um, we live together. for. We actually, both of us have a movie that we both love that the other one hasn't seen that we've tried to get the other one to see for many moons. Yep. What's yours? This. A Few Good Men. No, for what's her, yours? Misery. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and Sunday in the Park with George. Yes, but that's I've a show. Yeah. It's a musical. Yes, but did fun fact: Misery has the same director as A Few Good Men. Oh, Boom! Connection. Town. I know. So I was very excited when Maddie found out that Jocelyn was doing A <laughs> Few Good Men. I was devastated because this is also my favorite movie. <laughs> so Maddie was like, "I want in," and I was like, "Perfect." But Jocelyn's never seen it, and Maddie is on the opposite end of the spectrum. Why is that, Maddie? Because I. I went to, um, when I went to law school, I did my jurisprudence project on this movie. So I'm really, really familiar with this movie. So we have two opposite ends of the spectrum on this podcast. So a professional and me. That's right. Okay. So Jocelyn, because, I mean, obviously Maddie and I have seen it multiple times. I've seen it probably at least 10 times. I just watched it on my birthday last month. I think that, is this like, do you watch it once a year? I watch it on like my birthday thing? every year. Do you really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Huh? And sometimes I should in start doing that. Um, I have seen it multiple times. It's one of those movies that's like always on TV. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like every time you turn on the TV, you're like, oh, if you're good, man, it's on. And it takes six hours. Um, <laughs> yeah. It takes six hours because of all the commercial breaks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so what do you think this movie is about? You want me on that wall. You need me on that. That's like literally all I <laughs> that's what i know jack nicholson's peeped yeah he's peeped he and is mad i know there's like a there's a murder i yeah. know there's um what do they always say they're like code 27 or something code there right. we shouldn't have called the code 27 and i'm like i don't know i've never known what it meant okay perfect but, but what's, it's not a code 27 what is it code red code oh red. yeah yeah yeah. but yeah, we're, yeah. we're gonna find you'll find and out it's, and it's, it's military good. based i know that yes and i, quote, I know there's like who, some seriously great acting moments in. who do you think is who is in this movie do you know the actors that are in this movie? Jack Nicholson, uh-huh. Tom Cruise, <sighs> the gray-haired guy, but I can't think of what his name is. The gray-haired guy. Yeah, that's all I got. Do you, you, know, the fe- do you know the female actress that's in this movie? Oh, Demi Moore. Demi Moore, yes. The worst. Okay, so I'm very excited. This has been like, I basically did the podcast for this episode. <laughs> so, it's all <laughs> coming together. This was... <laughs> I could never get Jocelyn to watch it when we lived together. And I was like, gosh, darn it. I'm going to have to start a podcast just to get her to watch this movie. But in a lot of work for this. So I hope you enjoy it. It's been 17 episodes in the making, people. (laughs) It's been taking me forever. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm so excited. It's a little over two hours long, so we got to get started. Let's jump into this thing. You ever served in an infantry unit, son? No, sir. Ever served in a forward area? No, sir. Ever put your life in another man's hands, ask him to put his life in yours? No, sir. We follow orders, son. We follow orders or people die. It's that simple. Are we clear? Yes, sir. Are we clear? Crystal. 
All those having business with this general court-martial, stand forward and you shall be heard. The facts of the case are these. On midnight of September 6, the accused entered the barracks room of their platoon mate. They woke him up, tied his arms and legs with tape, forced a rag into his throat. A few minutes later, a chemical reaction caused his lungs to begin bleeding. He drowned in his own blood and was pronounced dead at 37 minutes past midnight. Do you think Santiago was murdered? Private Santiago is dead, and that is a tragedy. But he is dead because he had no code. He is dead because he had no honor. And God was watching. How do you feel about that theory? Sounds good to me. I'll knock it all down to involuntary manslaughter. No deal, we're going to court. No, you're not. Why not? Because you'll lose. You want to investigate me? Roll the dice and take your chances. I eat breakfast 300 yards from 4,000 Cubans who were trained to kill me. So don't think for one second you can come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous. You men follow orders or people die. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You! But if this case is handled in the same fast food, slick ass, Persian bazaar manner with which you seem to handle everything else, then something's gonna get missed. In the heart of the nation's capital, in a courthouse of the United States government, one man will stop at nothing to keep his honor, and one will stop at nothing to find the truth. We are recording. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but, but don't Round worry. Round two. I'll, I'll edit out all the uh, the randomness. No, no. The beatboxing? Well, no, not that. Oh. Good God, woman. This is going to be my big moment. <laughs> Your big break. Listen, I feel like this is the good ambiance. Yeah, the clinking. Okay, clinking too close, Jocelyn. Too much ambiance. No, it's good. You're right here with us, everybody. <laughs> Maddie's like breaking down a scene and Jocelyn's like... <laughs> I've got lots to say. I can't no, wait. to like just try to read my handwriting. I know. I you were, my eyes you were furiously taking notes. Um, okay. Welcome to episode 18 of the podcast where we have a few good ladies here. Oh, I see what you did there. I, I, was, see. Like, I was like, Ooh, I'm going to use that. Um, <laughs> my guests for this podcast are Jocelyn Moss, hey, hey. the one and only, and the newly Maddie Berry. <laughs> yes, oh, that's me. I know. So exciting. Um, and honestly, I have two experts sitting here on opposite ends of the spectrum. Truthfully, why I chose them both for this podcast episode. Also because I begged. Well, <laughs> Maddie begged, but then I was like, you know what? Genius. Um, like Maddie said before, she's a lawyer. She knows all the law stuff. So mm. she's going she's gonna to be breaking it down from a law perspective um, for us. But Jocelyn is the resident expert on acting. And <laughs> I have to say, like, this is, and you had said before, like, you know, it's just like peppered with good acting moments. Yeah. Um, it's so, like talked about in classes. Like, I remember like. Never seeing it, but like that was supposed to be. We had, we had, well, we had to pick like which movie we watched, and then yeah. people discussed, and I ended up not picking a few good men. Yeah. But then everyone discussing like these like what did life changing moments. Oh, Do you gosh, remember? I don't remember. It's freshman remember. year. But Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't knock Ellen DeGeneres. She is an absolute legend. Except for now. <laughs> yeah, okay. She's, she, everyone has their time. Sure, she beat a couple interns. <laughs> don't, don't knock Ellen DeGeneres. Wait, come on. I'm trying to use legal jargon. Disproven. Sustained. <laughs> Assisting the witness. I don't Objection. Objection. Yeah. <laughs> Assisting the witness. <laughs> you can't help them. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, oh my gosh. That's great. Okay. The director for this, um, 
This movie is Rob Reiner. We discussed this before. He did Misery, which is one of Jocelyn's favorite. I would assume yep. a great acting with Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates that is woman incredible. Is. Yeah, it's shocking. She, she can do anything. Um, but he also did um, one of some of his more famous When Harry Met Sally. Uh-huh. Um, and The Princess Bride was Rob mm. Reiner. So, and then this. And this. Yeah, a little bit of a hard <laughs> and misery. left. Misery. <laughs> hard left from Princess Bride. <laughs> He's really diversifying his portfolio. Um, writer was Aaron Sorkin, and yes, like you said before, it is based on a play. He wrote it as I a had no idea of that as a play first, and so and it was actually on Broadway. Tom Cruise went to go see it before they started filming the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, it wasn't on Broadway for very long, and Astounding. then the, the movie didn't come. I think it was on Broadway in '89. I'd love mm-hmm. to read that because how how they how they showed the different like it's not all in the courtroom yeah it's like how they showed like in the beginning where they like yeah because when i'd never seen the movie i didn't know that they showed that it actually happened so i always thought we were just trying to figure it out but oh. they show in the beginning. like you didn't realize that we knew what happened yeah from the, get-go. the whole time i thought we were trying to figure it out through the whole movie like yeah. in the chunks i've seen now, yeah. that's why i wrote that down i said you know what happens you know something shady happened <laughs> is that the first yeah. note you wrote omg <laughs> Something did go on. Shady. Shady. Um, that's awesome. But Ryan, like Aaron Sorkin is just like, did you guys ever watch West Wing? No. No. Ugh. Aaron Sorkin. I think honestly, like the acting in this movie is what makes it, but the writing is so good in this movie. And that's why I love it so much. And that is attributed to Aaron Sorkin. Um, fun fact. We talked a lot about the music in this movie. Dun, dun, um, dun, dun, dun. It's very 90s. The 90s just hit you in the face and it was like this is how you feel like it was just like they like basically tell but you with a synthesizer yeah, just give me watch another movie what was it with um pelican brief yes that's all i could think the whole time yes. it was like pelican brief it's like the car bomb well like there's one scene when like he gets in the car like colonel markinson's in the car and it's like this like fun little tune and the second he gets in the car and the shot changes he's like you're like whoa i guess i'm supposed to be scared right now um but the, the music com- is absolutely mirroring my exact feelings. <laughs> this is so crazy. Um, but the composer is Mark Scheiman, who is huge on Broadway um, and did a lot of stuff in Smash. Um, Love Smash. The new Mary Poppins with Emily Blunt. I have no knowledge um, of any of this. He did Hocus Pocus. I do love Hocus Pocus. He wrote the music yeah. in Hocus Pocus mm-hmm. and Sister Act 2, which is one of my favorite movies. I have never um, seen 2. Sister Act 2. Oh, Sister Act 2. It's one of the weird ones where everyone the sequel is so much better than <laughs> the I gotta watch it because everyone's like, you have not lived until you've seen <laughs> Sister Act 2. You really haven't. We must watch it together. Um, and then our drink for this episode mm, um, delicious. is delicious. Oh, ambiance. There you go. <laughs> Oh my God. No, you missed rug. it, but she Not spilled half rug. of it on the carpet. Oh my God. Not the new rug. Not the new rug. It's all good. It's bl- I can't even see it. Um, this is a twist on a cocktail called a John Collins. Um, and because it's a few good men, our cocktail had a few good men in it as well. <laughs> um, it has Johnny Walker, Jack Daniels, and Jim Beam all in one. And we are trash. And we are <laughs> hammered. <laughs> so many alcohols. <laughs> um, also has some lemon juice, some simple syrup, and club soda in it. Um, it's actually pretty good. I, I actually like cherries in it. And those, but did you yeah. like it? Mm-hmm. I was worried when I, I was like, I was worried when I was mixing it and I was like, Oh God, no, it's I, good. but it is actually, it's, really good. it's quite it's refreshing. Like, yeah. It's like the lemon. Bite yeah. To it. You like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So before we get into the rotten tomatoes score, so basically like what other people think, if you had the score, I mean, I know I'm a 10. I already know what it is. Yeah. We're, <laughs> Maddie and I are tens all the way on a, a scale of one to 10. What would you give it Jocelyn? Yeah. I thought that was pretty great. I'd probably 10 probably just even, are we doing it, rotten tomatoes just, percentages? Yes. 
So oh, like out of a hundred percent. But I do, oh, but I do, I do one to 10 and then if it's close, like okay, I convert yeah. it to percentages. Cause per- a hundred's a lot. Yeah. like I do have to take yeah. off a couple points for just one or two cheesy lines that I hate in the movie, but otherwise ninety nine. You haven't written down. Oh, I haven't written down. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a couple times where it's it. I can't tell if my moments were like not ruined, but the music for me. Oh yeah, just it's, every it's time something happened, it was like dated, and then mm-hmm. it ripped me out of the story. Dated, ripped me out of the story. That is the one so thing about the movies thing. like that where it's like you can't get around like the fa- the 90s of it all oh yeah and yeah. also some that, of the terms they threw around there casual yeah. sexism a little bit of slurs yeah <laughs> gotta love it so, um, very yeah. 90s Ooh. didn't and, age uh, well demi moore's haircut is yeah, just tragic. enough to send you over the edge that <laughs> honestly that alone would shave a couple points off for me <laughs> demi moore's it's a military cut right that's why it's no. cut that way no? no i mean it's not a she's got it in a bun it's like her hair's in a bun and then she's got the twists at the front so what? she's like taking the front part of her hair down and twisted it up and then put it in the bun at the back. This whole time, I thought her hair was just cut like that. No. I'm being honest. Her, I've seen this movie her like hair 20 would times. defy gravity if it was cut right. like that. <laughs> I'm like, how is she doing just, that? No, it's, it's in a like bun. A she just Demi never Moore takes her hair cut. down the entire time. Oh my gosh. Remember when she shaved her head for G.I. Jane? Mm-hmm. That was worse. Ooh. Shaved her head, but then got giant boob implants like three months before. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, listen. Yeah. At some point, Demi Moore got boob implants. I got to say, too, like Demi Moore for me is like the weak link in this movie. She's yeah. not a great. I've never really like loved her as an actress, mm-hmm. but I feel like every time they would do like a cutaway to like a reaction, it's like nothing. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing on her face. You're yeah. like, what are you feeling right now, Demi Moore? You can't if tell. I could, well, would you you could recast it. Who would you recast Ooh. instead of Demi Moore, Jessica? Well, I will tell you who was supposed to be cast oh or the other people that were in the running hold on let me find it because it is part of my trivia um jody foster and linda hamilton were jody both foster. foster come on she would have killed it could you imagine jody. her you chicken shit. <laughs> honestly honestly if we're going accents holly hunter would have been my yeah. uh also would have been good yeah well because I, okay, I just think demi moore doesn't match up with like the i think where like just in their eyes you can see what they're thinking like uh, tom yeah. cruise is a master of that jack nicholson jody foster's a master jody foster is a master yeah. like, demi moore like, just is like dead in the face yeah she yeah. yeah i get that and she's like i don't know i don't know if she was like trying to play it like i'm a woman in the military and i can't mm-hmm. be super assertive and mm-hmm. i need to be sort of like i don't know if that's how she was playing it or if mm-hmm. she's just a terrible actress i couldn't i can well, never because figure they it were out. trying to make her very assertive mm-hmm. yeah but even then i didn't like believe it yeah yeah, but I just, I'm just... Although it was the 90s, too. Like, assertive in the military in the 90s as a woman is very different than being assertive in the military. I did like now. that moment when... I thought that was kind of a funny moment when she, like, they showed her practicing it, practicing it, practicing it, and then she finally gets... Oh, yeah. And, and screws like, it up. I'm going... Me. I would... and i was like oh yeah i wrote that down i wrote the fact that she has to practice what she's gonna say and she's asking to be lead counsel on a murder trial is astounding to me yeah (laughs) she's like um uh," and i'm like okay maybe you should not be on yeah like if you can't even phrase a simple question to your boss okay so hold these two's fate in your hands it's true so you'd give it a nine out of ten you think i I love that movie yeah like it would definitely be like at least like a like a 90 and above for me if you're on rotten tomatoes yeah Yeah, yeah it was just the only like i hate when like there's moments that like rip you out of it yeah I'm really glad you enjoyed it though. I was worried. Not that you wouldn't enjoy it, but I like sometimes my movies can get really hyped. You know what I mean? And like, this is definitely one of those that like people are like a few good men. Like, yeah. Yeah, And I will say this is the movie that everybody I've asked to be on the podcast is like, can I do a few good men? And I'm like, Ooh, sorry. Reserved. I know. That's right. I know. So this is, I'm excited to do this. Um, the tomato meter, which is the critic score in Rotten Tomatoes, 83%. Solid. Um, and then the audience score, 89%. So about what oh, you would have said. 
Like from the critics, reason? there's some there's some cliches in there that we as the audience are willing to indulge that critics are not so yeah. so yeah. forgiving with. But um, and it's not like a perfect movie. Like you yeah. watch it and you're kind of like, eh. Like there's yeah. some stuff. Like Demi Moore's performance brings not it down great. For me. Yeah, like there's not a lot. Yeah. It's not like everybody on their A game, but it's like you know, 90% of the people mm-hmm. on their A game. I'm trying to think of another movie Demi Moore's in. Like, I know she's in a bunch of, like, that I've liked. Ghost. Her, but, oh, yeah. But that, okay, I was going to say Demi Moore's, like, bingo moment is, like, just, like, the one tear in her eye. <laughs> Single tear. Yeah. And that's all that Ghost did. So, like, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. She crushed it. <laughs> she crushed it. But, like, yeah, because any moment she had to, like, turn to the camera and, like, Tom Cruise really broke her heart when he stormed out or, like, you know. Yeah, and that's, that's so funny. Okay, so this is hilarious. The one movie that I actually like Demi Moore in, and you're going to laugh so oh, no. hard for somebody who likes movies. Um, Charlie's Angels, oh. full throttle. <laughs> no. No. I've never seen any Charlie's Angels. She plays the villain in that movie, but there's one scene and they zero in and she's holding a gun like this and they zoom in and it's the one tear in the eye. And you're like, that is her calling card. For, That's like for people Moore's- who couldn't see that, which is everyone, she was holding the gun at a <laughs> 90 degree angle well, sideways. Because only, because <laughs> villains hold it wrong. Yeah. You, everybody like, knows that. Up. That's how you know who the villains are and you who got- the good guys are. <laughs> You have to know visually who they are. Oh, man. Uh, I do think she is actually holding it like that, though, in the movies. Um, Okay, so I feel like there's so many ways to tackle this. Like, I feel like going through it plot point by plot point is too much. It's a very long movie. There's Mm -hmm. a lot going on. Mm -hmm. So what I would like to do, if you guys are game for this, is for you guys to both talk about your... Maybe let's do an overall plot summary. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, although I think Jocelyn maybe was the last person on the planet that hasn't seen it. <laughs> yeah, movie. I mean, it was made in 92, so. Um, I know, but there's some of them, like, there's some movies that I do on the podcast where I'm like, oh, I don't want to, like, for people who haven't seen it and they want to watch it, I, like, don't want to give away the ending. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this one's so popular that it's most like people have seen it. If like, you don't know that Bruce Willis is already dead in the sixth sense, like, that's your own fault. Spoiler alert! Yeah. Come, it was made in <laughs> 1991. Like, no, I know. It's, it's been forever. There are some things that are... Darth Vader is Luke's dad? <laughs> what? That's my favorite joke from Pitch Perfect, which is like, his name is literally Darth Father. Like, that's what it's like. Vader is German for father. I was like, oh my gosh, it's hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so... Quick plot summary. Jocelyn, why don't you walk oh, us through? Was, you didn't want to do the plot summary? Well, I'll do it, but I someone back me up. Okay. <laughs> no, we're, we're all in this okay, together. I was going to say. We're not going to twist. Oh. You have to beatbox it. <laughs> you have to wrap it. This is, um, we're doing this Hamilton style. Okay, so we start out with a very shady turn of events with two OMG. guys OMG. taking people up. Yeah, OMG. It was shocking. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. If that gives you any that was idea actually, of what that was, was happening. really accurate. <laughs> That's exactly um, what it sounds well, then like. We, and then, well, then I can't remember what it cuts to, though. It cuts to, oh, Tom Cruise being, oh, okay, I have a thing about, see, I, I should not be the person. Do you want me to person. do the plot yeah. summary? I should not be the person. I'll, I'll do the plot summary. Justin's <laughs> like, don't let me summarize. I've okay. watched this are movie, we, like, wait, enough are times. We, are we plot summarizing? Summing? Summarizing. Summar- and then and then going back, or are we, like, yes. as the yeah. plots? Yeah. Well, we, you can add stuff as we go through the plot summary, and then we'll come back and revisit things Okay, because I really want to talk about the choreo. The at the beginning, mm-hmm. okay. Let's talk about that because it does. It shows Private Santiago getting choked to death, basically. Yeah. He's getting taped up by yeah. by a lieutenant, and then Dawson it cuts to the military. What's that called when they do the gun drilling? Drill the gun they, drilling. Yeah. yeah, but is it, that what you want to yes, talk about? Well, I just okay. I literally it's got said a specific name. I, I know. know it's what it yeah. Is. Well, you're on like a drill team. Mm-hmm. I remember that from Cadet Kelly, Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Jocelyn Moss's alter ego, <laughs> Hillary Duff. Right. But um, no, I, I literally wrote, holy smokes, the choreo, the ripples. Like, it's I, pretty cool, right? Yeah. I wonder, I've always wondered like why, I guess I just needed something to put the credits over, but I actually feel like it's, 
shows the discipline and mm-hmm. the like order yeah. that's in the military. And so, which kind of lends it to the whole idea of like they were following orders. You know what I mean? Like you don't really have a chance to step out of yeah, line. Yeah, like imprecise. And yeah. Like I think I put 10 minutes of drilling really sets the tone that this movie is a slow burn. <laughs> like this thing would have come under two hours if they would have skipped all right. the... I'm telling you, I was like, one unit, two unit, three, holy, four, hand on five, six unit, seven, and eighty unit, turn, two unit, three unit. Adam so loves fast. that part. It was yeah. so fast. It's pretty cool though. Like when they go, they ripple all the way down and then the last guy doesn't even, barely puts it down, it ripples yeah. back and then they put the hand underneath the bot. I was like, yeah. wow, that's that's gotta be hard. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, so Maddie, give us a give us a little plot summary of the of the movie. Okay, so you start out and you're in an unknown base somewhere and you just see two Marines going into another Marine's room in the dead of night and taping him up and kind of messing with him and that's all you really see. And then it flash forwards to the Marine base in Washington or the Navy base in Washington, D.C. and Lieutenant Galloway, played by the effervescent and <laughs> extremely... Uh, facially active Demi Moore <laughs> she's practicing she wants to be lead counsel because it turns out that those two marines actually ended up killing the one that they taped up so she wants to be lead counsel for their defense but her superiors don't think that she can handle it so they assign lieutenant Caffey yeah because what do they say she's good at they're like she's good at too valuable here no he's just saying that to be nice she's a paper pusher she's not yeah. a litigator yeah um, so like she's a she doesn't have the charisma in court to like or the knowledge like yeah. there's a lot of like really finicky rules like when you're in litigation that you wouldn't know like my best friend she does corporate law and so like she's never been in a courtroom ever yeah so she doesn't know any of the rules or doesn't remember evidence from law school you know yeah however many years ago yeah so is she just like uh, so I guess like for for her like she's really passionate about this she works in internal affairs Mm -hmm. so she's really passionate about things that happen internally in the in the military and so she feels very passionately about this case and that's why she wants to be lead counsel yeah she thinks that she's the only one who knows or cares enough to handle it and to take it to court but she doesn't have the requisite knowledge i'm also my summary of this is going to be tainted for my dislike of joanne galloway the whole time so do you want to know a fun fact i was like dying laughing because the whole movie she was like (laughs) joanne galloway (laughs) she sucks she Um, really sucks her aaron sorkin based her off of his sister there, it, this is based on a true story, and his sister was Joanne Galloway. Mm. Like, different name. So but he like, hated his sister. I guess, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so his sister was unbearable. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> she does put up with a lot. In her defense, she puts up with a lot of bold and sex to your stuff. to your point though she was the only one that believed that they should be exonerated right. for their right. for what happened she is the reason that it even got to court mm-hmm. yeah i thought so. that was interesting when they kept giving people's opinions of like what do you call that word like your bias of it like, oh yeah like, yeah they shouldn't you know yeah like because it's like but it's so that that's the whole thing is like it's i guess it's so different in the military is what they were trying to yeah and it's know, like, like yeah a, just don't do it someone told you to do it don't do it but that's not how it yeah it's kind of like a, a, a broader summary of like ethics and like how yeah. people like different ethical mentalities that people have like what's the best thing to do you know like jessup thinks that whatever benefits everyone yeah is is the right thing to do where sam weinberg's like no you have to like do what's right by the individual i thought that was i actually wrote down there in my notes that i was like it's interesting that we even know why sam or joanne do or don't want to be on this case mm-hmm. like you know where they both stand and there's like mm-hmm. a very clear like she's like why do you why don't you like them yeah because there's he's a huge like ethical sub theme to this yeah to this movie. and he's like why do you like them mm-hmm. you know like that whole idea of like and they're both not wrong mm-hmm. do you know what i mean i think that's what's interesting yeah. yeah like i was like oh she's not gonna have a rebuttal and i was like dang she's got a rebuttal yeah like, yeah you know like that's a good point. Even though Maddie was like, ugh, Joanne. So, Cappy's assigned <laughs> to the case, and he's, like, fresh out of law school, nine months out of law school. 
I kept thinking they were going to make a point about baseball somehow. Like, he didn't want to be a lawyer, and he just wanted to play baseball. They never really talked he about He just that. likes baseball. Yeah, it was really, really, like, thinking something I think that's a, a I think thing. that's a Sorkin thing. Like, he writes a lot of characters that have, like, it ties in. Like, the, the bat, <laughs> it's so dumb, but, like, the bat being in the closet is the thing that breaks the whole case. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but you can't do that if you don't have the bat. And then why does he have a bat? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he builds, he's, like, backing his way into this. Well, what like, was the bat being in the closet? Did I miss that? It's, like, his thinking bat. And she put it in the closet because she kept tripping and over he's, it. And he sees all of his uniforms hanging up. And that's where he clicks that Santiago didn't pack anything. Uh, Remember, he's uh-huh. like, I got to go yeah. to the office. And that's yeah. when he starts running all the phone calls. We're yeah. really skipping ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Mary. I was going to say, let me get through this plot summary. Because I feel like we got to get through it. So, um, Continue. Caffey's only got uh, nine months experience. He's plea bargained 44 cases in that time. And so he gets assigned with Lieutenant Sam Weinberg as his co-counsel. Joanne Galloway is not happy about that because she doesn't think that the case is being taken seriously. Uh, so they get off to a rocky start. Yes, they do. They all go to Cuba, Joanne, Sam Weinberg, and Caffey. And they meet Lieutenant Colonel Jessup. Uh, but we have a flashback first that shows that uh, Jessup, his subordinate Markinson, and their subordinate Lieutenant Kendrick, Kendrick uh, are discussing Private Santiago. It's a flashback to before he died and how he's subpar. And Jessup ultimately decides that he's not going to transfer Santiago like he wants to be transferred. Um, he basically like, it's kind of a great, it's a great scene mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, should we all just relieve our positions? And, the, and he mm-hmm. like calls in his assistant, like, call the president. We're going to step down. Like, it's a great scene. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, that's with Jessup's like kind of like utilitarian yeah. view of everything. Colonel Jessup played by Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. And Kendrick played by Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. Sutherland. And Markison played by someone Jocelyn knew for some unknown reason. JT Walsh. I can't remember where I okay. think of, where I know Total him from. Total side note. You know where you know him from. JT Walsh plays Ed Collins, who is a prosecutor in Miracle on 34th Street. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was like, I know him. Yes. yes. That's hilarious. Great movie. Ugh, the best. I just realized like two of my favorite movies are courtroom dramas and. I, I think maybe I should have been a lawyer. It's, anyway. a good, it's a good gig. It's a nice gig. <laughs> it's a good gig. Yeah. It's a good gig if you can get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can suffer through three months or three years of hell to get there. Were I'm you sure. confused by that scene? Because it's a flashback, but they definitely don't tell you it's a flashback. No. Maddie literally leaned over and was like, this is a flashback. Okay. I but knew I don't it was going to be a... But I don't think I would have got it is that. Com- it's a weird storytelling. Why like, not do like a nice 90s like fade back? Four days one of my earlier. problems with the movie a little bit is that I think they should have... I guess they, they think that it's it's too complicated of a subject matter to just like throw everything at you and let you figure it out. But I do think they could have let us figure it out a little more. Like maybe not known from the very beginning that Jessup that he, did order yeah. the code red. And so at the end, it's more shocking. Like, yeah. Yes, he actually There aren't it. a lot of like twists mm-hmm. because he, they do kind of spoon feed you. Yeah, the and information. And that's like law school though. Like if you, anytime you're like writing like on law review or something, I was on law review and you have to like, tell them what you're going to say. You outline your entire argument. Then you say it. Then you summarize and tell it again. And I feel like that's kind of what the movie did. It's like, yeah. Here's what's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to show you it happen. And then we're going to wrap it up and show you it. So in a again. way, it's kind of perfect, but mm-hmm. it could have been, but maybe like storytelling wise, it would have been better to. More suspenseful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's never going to be transferred off the base. So you learn that they tell, basically, they're going to do some sort of internal training mechanism to make Santiago a better Marine. They're going to order a code red, which ends up happening, and he dies. Like, that's why he's a... Yeah. He's not being 
bad. He's just he wants to get transferred off because he keeps falling behind. And yeah, he's like, but he has a. You find out later he has a heart condition, and like that's what's causing it. But right. nobody t- which is, would he have made it through basic training with a severe heart condition? I don't know. But that's what they're saying. Like it. But, but remember when he kind of questions the doctor on the stand? He's like, would there be mild symptoms? Mm-hmm. So it's like he did get through his physical, mm-hmm. like with flying colors. But right. like, anyways, continue. So they all. Um, go to Cuba. They question Jessup. Something's fishy with Jessup. He gets all I, mad about Caffey's lack of discipline and doesn't believe he's a real yeah. military man. He, I love that scene though. I wrote down, um, I write, wrote down that I said, um, that interaction with Jack and Tom at Guantanamo Bay, like you have to ask me nicely. Oh yeah. It's such a great setup for the courtroom scene. Right. Because that's when he like, and, and Joanne references it later. Like you asked him for the transfer because you wanted to see how he would react. Mm-hmm. And cause he's like, you could have asked any low level, you know, mm-hmm. person and you wanted to see what his reaction would be. But it's the whole, like, it's that scene that gives, uh, Lieutenant Caffey the confidence to push him over the edge in the end mm-hmm. because he knows he can, he knows how he views him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And right. that's such an important setup to make that courtroom seem believable mm-hmm. is because they've already kind of had this run in. Well, and they know he can get him riled, riled up. up. Riled up. Like, he, like I love that line when he's like, he wants to, yeah, he wants to tell he's us. Yeah. Like breakfast 300 yards away from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait, back to the, okay. Back to um, the thing. So they go, Oh, I'm, I'm losing one. I'm no, losing Cuba. They, I know. Cause there's so much that happens. Yeah, I know. I, so I, I want to give the, about the, the overview. So like, should I give like more like a 30,000 foot overview or do you well, like so, what we're doing? No, this is good. But I think like he, they come back from Cuba, right? And they go the, um, the two, uh, <laughs> soldiers. What are their names? Dawson and Downey. Dawson and Downey. Um, they start questioning them. And basically mm-hmm. like Tom Cruise is like, I think we have an excellent plea bargain here. Mm-hmm. Like he's basically on the mindset of like, I can, I can plead this out mm-hmm. um, and they won't do it because Which, of their plot code. Twist, 90% of all, not in military cases, I don't have the statistic for military cases, but 90 to 95% of all criminal cases plea bargain, only 5%, go 5 to, court. to 10 go to trial. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, but basically because of their code and this honor and whatever they, he's Dawson's like, no, if I did something wrong, then I need to reap the, mm-hmm. the, you know, repercussions of mm-hmm. that. Um, and then Tom Cruise's character, Lieutenant Caffey is like, yeah, I'm not going to hold his hand as he jumps off of a cliff. So I'm going to assign new counsel. So they go to the arraignment Mm -hmm. with Jack Ross, Kevin Bacon. Mm -hmm. Oh, sweet, sweet Kevin Bacon. And I wrote Jack Ross, Ross, Captain Ross. (laughs) Um, but, uh, so you, you expect at the arraignment for him to ask for new counsel to be assigned, but he doesn't. Instead, he pleads not Not guilty. guilty. And I forget what causes him to have that, that Remember, change of heart. He, 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 he says, talks to Dawson or I think they show a lot of B roll shots, which was Jocelyn's favorite part. People rowing on the, the river rowing. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. And they show him like around the city think, thinking. Well, but wasn't it because wasn't that moment because um Oh no, I'm gonna forget. No, he starts he, screaming at him. He says, "I'm not gonna sacrifice my code and honor, oh, so but I that's can go home mo- in six isn't months." Isn't that when he has the moment of why did they put me on this case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like his, oh, he comes right. to the realization of he's like, like, "Why wait. would you put an officer who's been in for nine months and basically only does plea bargains?" A junior on lieutenant. A mur- I'm yeah. pretty sure he's only the first lieutenant. Yeah, and he said on a murder trial, 
Like, why would you do that? Is it Just so, is it, it under the rug? he said, so is it so that it'll never see the inside of a courtroom? Mm-hmm. That's what he said. So like, we kind of chatted while the movie was playing where I was like, he kind of figured out that he was a piece in the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like his character was like, they were trying to hide something basically. Right. Well, um, they didn't want to put Jessup out there. Yeah. <laughs> the <whole> loose cannon <laughs> Jessup. The whole loose cannon Jack Nicholson. Um, so then it goes to trial and the rest of the movie is the trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the trial starts like with an hour and a half left in the movie, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, but first off, I don't know how military trials work, but there is no way in hell a murder trial would go to trial less than four weeks after the murder occurred. You're like, I don't know how this works, but Well, no. I, I don't know what kind of kangaroo court this is, but, <laughs> but in the real world, we're looking at a year before that thing well, goes Well, yeah, because they have like three weeks to build an argument. Yeah, no, like it's crazy. Like, when he's like, four weeks, when the plane landed four weeks ago, I like was like, wait, is this all happening in a I'm month? I'm sorry, what? I think you went a year in four weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, like that would never happen. But basically like the the defense is behind the eight ball the entire time mm-hmm. like they got they don't have two legs to stand on they don't have any real evidence the claim is that the defense never does yeah <laughs> they uh basically are saying like the only evidence they have is the eyewitness of two people who are the murder suspects basically telling them that their commanding officer ordered a code red mm-hmm. which this code red is basically like interdisciplinary action within the ranks where you do something like they like hazing use, almost yeah it's like a hazing yeah where they they use an example of another uh soldier who did something and they just w- withheld yeah, he food d- oh yeah well i was gonna say the guy remember they he the dropped GI his gun shower. and they glued his oh yeah glued his hand like put yeah. glue on his hand so like you wouldn't drop the gun right yeah and it's like usually like fits the bill of the crime so yeah. to speak of what they've it's done supposed to be harmless but they can get out of hand which is why the military is not supposed to let them happen anymore right and there's not really like an ofi- it's not an official thing like mm-hmm. it's just something that's like happened over the years in the military and blah 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 so it's something that's not officially on the record books it's also has no evidence to prove that they were ordered the code red because their commanding officer lieutenant kendrick who played by Kiefer sutherland creepy creepy he's so creepy in this movie yeah, he's so good um he uh, he basically pulled the whole platoon together and told them not to do a code red mm-hmm. and then secretly met with them in their room and said, nah, just kidding, I want you to do the code red. Yeah. And now they're taking the fall for something that they were ordered to do. Mm-hmm. And so they don't have any evidence proving, it's basically their word against Kiefer Sutherland's word and Kiefer Sutherland's like this huge decorated like officer and they're like, who are they going to believe? The two and people Peter that, Sutherland's not going to rat out anyone else. He's no. like a diehard Marine. Yeah, he's like diehard, um, which is why like Colonel Jessup like loves this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the one person that they eventually get that's going to like basically tell the whole truth is Colonel Markinson, mm-hmm. JT Walsh. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kills himself mm-hmm. because he's so torn over. First, he just goes off the map. For, yeah. Like, apparently I, love that. I was thinking months apparently it's only he goes off the map for about eight days he went on a, he just went on vacation <laughs> yeah. um but like he yeah there was a guy was like his first 17 years in the service he was in counterintelligence you're never finding that guy again. i wrote that like, down he goes uh, uh what did he say there is no markinson yeah or something there is no markinson <laughs> yeah um but he is, markinson's gone there is no markinson yeah but he's feeling guilty right that the fate of these two like these guys are going to be disbarred from the marines like right. They're going to go to prison for probably 12 years. Um, 
you know, all this stuff or life, like whatever the, the thing is going to be. And it's because he helped doctor the logbook, signed a transfer order that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And it, he was basically part of the cover up that Jessup put in place. Right. Um, and so he comes back because he feels guilty, but then not enough to actually face the music. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he kills himself. So they lose their star witness, basically, that's going to that they are hanging everything on. And now all they have is the word of two accused murderers. against. Yeah three decorated military officers. And so their last resort, their last resort is to bring in Colonel Jessup and basically try and push his buttons to try to get him to talk. You can't see me, but I'm shaking my head. Slowly, just shaking it. (laughs) Because that's the worst strategy ever. Because no lawyer would put Jessup on the stand. It would just never happen. He would just never do it. Even if that person was Jack Nicholson? Even if that person was Jack Nicholson. (laughs) I mean... I wouldn't do it in a civil court or in a criminal courtroom, let alone a military, a military where I could be charged. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause like, that's the big thing is like, if he accuses him of something and he doesn't get him to basically like say that mm-hmm. he did it, he gets a court martial mm-hmm. and he's done. Cause like, like in criminal cur- court, you could do that and put him on the stand and ask him all these crazy questions and yeah. you're not, you're going to get off scot-free, but, but they say that like four times in this movie. They're like, yeah. your career will be over oh, yeah. if mm-hmm. he doesn't, you know, and he's, like, his dad's this huge defense lawyer that he's basically living in his shadow. He's got something to prove. Yeah, he's got something to prove. Um, and he's basically just doing it on a hunch. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna see if this will work. And that's, like, the number one rule of, like, a cross-examination is you do not ever ask a question that you don't know the answer to. Mm. So, like, you always... Like, the goal is to try and ask yes, no one word answer questions to like get your own point across and you need to know that they're going to say yes or no or yes or no. <laughs> very line. I'm sorry, line. Line. Is it yes or no this time? Line. That, was, that wasn't in my script one moment. The correct answer was no. That's your line. <laughs> and that will get my point so across. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, that's of, not dramatic enough for movies, Maddie. I know. Yeah, the, clearly. You should see like, I. this is the movie that made me want to go to law school and made me want to do um, JAG before I realized that I was physically incapable of doing JAG. <laughs> well, like, I was in the okay, Marine. She crushed it. She I was, just had. Yeah, I was in the Marine Judge yeah. Advocate Program. I stress fractured my yeah. leg in like three places. Oh, geez. And they're like, you're going to have to start over. She built it back up. She did it all again and then stress fractures again. Yeah. So I oh, just broke my leg twice and they're like, you're going to have to start the whole program over. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to. Civil court it is. Yeah. Like I was, ex- <laughs> I was going to go to, I was ready to go to officer candidate school. I'd been accepted. I was supposed to go in like a month and then I broke my leg again. Jeez so, Louise. Yeah, I didn't bummer. know all that. Mm-hmm. So you got ha- you got partially I was there for a while there. She was jacked. Were you really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You had to do like nine pull-ups and all sorts of stuff to nine? go in. I've never even been able to do one. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I've never have I met two people that look so similar and <laughs> their athletic abilities are so. <laughs> their athletic <laughs> prowess. <laughs> well, I'm not in shape anymore. Yeah. Now I'm just like. <laughs> oh, you're right. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. So he gets him, but we all know the scene. If you haven't seen the movie, you know the scene. Everybody's right. heard it. You can't can handle, handle the, the truth. But it's so good. See, this is the first time you'd seen this scene in context, basically. Yes. And mm-hmm. the buildup makes it so much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I literally, I think I put like sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. <laughs> boom. <laughs> yeah, sizzle, 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 explode, whoa. Yeah, because yeah. like you, because the stakes, you don't understand what the stakes are when you see the scene mm-hmm. out of context. And mm-hmm. when you see the scene, it's like total high risk, high reward, right? Mm-hmm. Like the high risk of him being court-martialed and then losing the whole case and him like basically like 
forfeiting his entire career um and or the high reward of basically him acknowledging that he did order the code red right mm-hmm. so like and they show that you you even commented on it like they show him drinking the water and you're like oh my gosh he's shaking yeah, yeah. Tom and Cruise's it's like, arms literally like he can barely drink because yeah. his hand's shaking because so he's much. like I he knows his career is over if yeah. he messes this up yeah if he doesn't but it's so great how he and i would assume this is a a, a to me, this doesn't seem like a tactic you can teach in law school. Like you're probably either good at it or you're not of leading the witness in crafting a, basically he backs him into a corner mm-hmm. where he can't like, and that's, that's what makes him lash out. Mm-hmm. But then they also, I thought that was such a good moment when the judge is like, you do not have to answer that. Yeah. Like he didn't have to do anything, but yeah. like they knew he, wanted to. he like screwed himself over by, yeah. By like his own pride and his own, like I'm number one, I've made it this far. Yeah. Basically yeah. like, and it's interesting too, cause he obviously does get him to admit it. Mm-hmm. And then he still doesn't understand what he did. Like that's how, right. Like yeah. he still doesn't understand that he just admitted to something that's going to put him in prison. And like, because he doesn't think it's wrong. He right. doesn't think it's worth it's it's worthy of prison or worthy of a court martial. But like, he's like, like Lieutenant Caffey hedges so many bets on this one, and he's he bets on so many things about his character, of like that he thinks he's right, that he wants to say it, that mm-hmm. he's like, you know, like that he's so freaking annoyed with Tom Cruise's character that he can just push his buttons and get him to say it, mm-hmm. and so you know, like the build up to it, and so mm-hmm. it makes the scene so much better, and so it makes it so iconic, you know, like well, that's why it's so that scene at the beginning with um, Markinson is so good. Yes, I was like, and if that hurts your feelings, that I'm better than you. Yeah, like he's got a pride issue yeah like he yeah. can't like a thing where he just thinks he's right and he's made it this far and so no one questions him yeah he feels don't he's, question him. he's like untouchable basically yeah right. like and then he realizes like Ugh. what's his line that he says after he after the uh <laughs> after they secure the witness your favorite line from the movie at the end the threat he makes oh my god he li- yeah he literally <laughs> says i'm gonna rip your eyeballs out and piss into your dead skull <laughs> I like, I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, and then, and then me and Maddie had a whole discussion of like, would that actually kill you ripping your eyeballs out? I was like, I went to the bathroom for two minutes and then I came out and they were like, <laughs> would you have to rip their head off first? I think rip the, rip the head off, pluck out the eyeballs. Right. Tinkle into the dead skull. <laughs> tinkle. <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't think good. the eyeball removal in and of itself would be lethal. I think that would, I mean, it would be very uncomfortable. I mean, it would be painful. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, there is is there just yeah there is just open yeah sockets yeah i, 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 I mean it's not like so. eyeball and brain right no there's sockets beneath your eyeballs yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i guess i'm not a i'm a lawyer not a scientist yeah, guy, no, so I'm I don't not a, what's it an ophthalmologist <laughs> no, yeah what, what's bones what is she well, she's what's a bones she's a what is she a oh. forensic anthropologist oh that's what yes she is. um Okay, so that's a that's an overall summary. But now I want to hear from both. Well, and of you. That, dive in that important part too at the end. I thought I guess we can get to that too. But the when they what they get charged with. Oh yeah, no, that's good. So, Let's so, talk about that. So they the through this what they show, get convicted of. Yeah, well, through the movie, they're like more afraid about their status as Marines, and like that's why they don't want to give up on the case. Like they're like, no, we don't want to be dishonored. And then they get off on the murder charge, off on the. Off on all of the charges except, except they're dishonorably discharged from the Marines because they did something bad, and you can just becoming. see on both of their yeah. faces like the absolute devastation. Yeah, but then it's that. such a great moment because Downey's like, and Down they kind of play Downey as like he's not all there, like yeah. he's not as smart as Dawson is, mm-hmm. and he's like, 
he's like, what? You know, whatever. He's like all like worried. We didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. We didn't do anything wrong. And Dawson's like, we did. We're supposed to fight for the little guy. We were mm-hmm. supposed to fight for Willie. Well, but it seemed like he kind of did. Like he just, he made the wrong move. That's what was sad about it. Cause he said something else where he stuck up for him. Yeah. He always, before that, wouldn't let anyone give him a code red, well, but he, the difference there was he got a direct order telling right. him to do it. So and it wasn't sh- just like his guys wanting to haze him. It was, but I think it was, yeah. it was an interesting, like they do make a point of during the trial showing like at least two instances where he had compassion on another sh- soldier mm-hmm. and that was the victim of a code red, mm-hmm. um, kind of showing who he is as a person. And, and you I don't think, think that the, the goal when they're doing a code red that he would never have thought that he would die. Right. You know, that's not like something yeah, they weren't that trying to kill him. crossed his mind. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like they were just going to shave his head, I think is what they said. Yeah. And they were trying to, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the, but ugh, it was bad. Yeah. It's bad when they show, I know it's always jarring to me at the beginning where you're like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I also feel like they would have cleaned up the blood by then on the floor. I don't know. After the NIS had been there and investigated it, like they would have cleaned up the blood. It wouldn't just still be hanging around when. I don't know. It's an open crime scene, Maddie. I don't think. I I don't think you know how this works, but you're not allowed to touch a crime scene. I know you leave that stuff so the audience can see it. Okay. (laughs) It just doesn't matter if the audience can't see it. The audience Um, needs to see. Okay, so Maddie, from a lawyer's perspective. Walk us through some some parts in this movie. Some stuff you were furiously jotting down notes over there. Oh yeah. So like what the for the most part the courtroom scenes. And again, I'm not. A, I I never did a military trial. I've only done. I'm like a very baby lawyer. I've only done two trials. So my that's two more my, than Jocelyn. My, my statement here is limited. I think I did one. For I've never even acted a courtroom scene. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. Well, I did, I've done two real trials. I've I've did a bunch of trials because I was on the mock trial team in law school. So I did a lot of like nice. fake trials, but I only did two criminal trials while I was with the Commonwealth Attorney's Office. Um, Actually, that's not true. Do you count the Oklahoma courtroom scene? <laughs> I home on the on the prairies of the. I do. It's counted. You both yeah. have more experience than so, I do. Granted, mine was an 1800s trial, but I think to say that's not as genuine is just simply ridiculous. <laughs> But for the most part, the the law was pretty um, was pretty like solid until the very end when he's when he's cross examining Jessup. There was one thing in the beginning where he's talking with that. Remember when the attorney comes and yells at him when he's playing softball? Yeah. There's no like there's no way that case would have even gone to the plea bargaining stage if the dude just had oregano. Like you can't charge someone with possession of a controlled substance if they don't possess a controlled substance. Right. Oh, I, thought, I thought that was a joke. Did well, he kept saying it was oregano, but it was. Weed? No, it was really oregano. The no. guy thought oh, it was weed. Oh, I thought we were like, wink, wink. Like, but he was like, he was saying like intent to possess. And oh, like, was he saying not, intent? Is that yeah. what he was? So he was like getting on like solicitation. I thought he was being charged with possession. I was like, you can't get, there was no way you would get charged with possession. Yeah, no, because the, the, the other guy was saying intent to, of possession and mm. Tom Cruise was like, it was oregano. Like you can't like, and he was saying like, it I don't even know if intent to possess is a crime. I don't either. I don't but think I, think Tom, a- <laughs> I think Tom Cruise was arguing that. I think that was the point. I don't know. Cause there are, there's like a solicitation crimes and stuff but that's different from state to state because you can like arrest someone like on a drug bust for trying to buy weed yeah but like but it, it has to be real weed yeah trying to buy. <laughs> just like, yeah. i was like that was kind of sketchy i don't think that case would have gone forward I but until the like, very end like aaron sorkin was like okay what's something that's gonna make tom cruise look like oh a witty lawyer? yeah yeah <laughs> like what possession of a condiment that made me laugh though because yeah. <laughs> it's true it's like he didn't even have it yeah but towards the very end when he when he's talking about and i guess this is kind of because he broke the number one rule anyway which is that you're not supposed to did i say this on the record on the record on the podcast <laughs> i'm <laughs> stating this on is, the record work is coming out no but um that you're never, off the record you're right. never supposed to ask a question on cross-examination that you don't know the answer to like that's right. like the number one was rule. he was he cross-examining him they called him to the stand right 
What's the difference between cross-examination and is, oh, well, I guess it's not a cross-examination of Jessup. He's, but he's calling him as a hostile witness. Yes. So when you call someone as a hostile witness, usually you do direct examination of witnesses you call, which you do like open-ended questions and they kind of tell a story. Right. But when the witness is hostile, you can treat them as like a, you can cross them in essence. Basically. Because they're not going to give you. Because he didn't do like a pre-interview with Well, even, even if you did, like, like, uh, like a lot of times the government will call, like I'm trying to think of an example. Like you could call someone on your side of the case that's that's detrimental to your case, but you still need them to tell you what happened. So gotcha. like they're not going to want to just answer your questions. So you can treat them as a hostile witness gotcha. to like get them to answer the questions you want them to, because otherwise they're never going to answer them. Yeah, does that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, like a plaintiff, like in a civil case, you can call a plaintiff when yeah. you're the defense, but yeah. they're not going to obviously want to help you. Right. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, he I starts just- testifying on cross. Oh, yeah. So, like, you have to ask everything as a question. So, like, I remember when he's going, like, he hadn't gone anywhere and he hadn't packed a thing. Like, that would have been something that, as an attorney, you'd save for closing argument. Like, you'd ask him, like, you'd hand him the record and be, like, the telephone record and ask him, did Santiago make any phone calls? And he'd look at it and go, no. And that's all you'd ask. Yeah. Then you'd you be can't, like, you did can't he- say that stuff? No. Like, you wouldn't make these, like, grand statements. Right. Yeah. The, uh. the thing is, you want to get all the facts out from that witness and then on your closing you, you tie it all together and yeah. like your theory of what happened so like you'd say remember he told you that he didn't make any phone calls remember he told you he didn't pack anything well this is why that is like you wouldn't say so would they would they even in a regular courtroom allow i mean they kind of like show it in that where the judge is like is there a question in there somewhere right. like he basically like tells him like you got to stop just like spouting out mm-hmm. statements that don't mean anything right because um, he was testifying in <clears throat> essence he wasn't like but it was def- but it was definitely in his craftsmanship as a lawyer to push his buttons. The mm-hmm. whole point he was doing that was he was crafting a story mm-hmm. to back him into a corner and push his buttons. Mm-hmm. Which is that something that lawyers do? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But they wouldn't do it in that way. <clears throat> like there's something called like the like you save the the grandiosity for your closing argument yeah. because all you're doing if you if you let them know what you have beforehand all you're doing is giving them a chance to weasel out of it gotcha. like giving them a chance to say well no I was doing it because of this um so like that my trial professor always called that the Matlock question like <laughs> Matlock Matt on TV he's always like <laughs> you killed him didn't you like that's one question too far that's the Matlock question that's the Matlock like, question like you don't ask that one like so the did you order the code red <laughs> right that would, that would be, be the ma- that yeah. would be the Matlock the, question the reason he had to do that though was because he had to get him to say it yeah so like i guess that's why he did so it. Do so do you weird. know what's really interesting is um and i'll get to the actual um oh here it is oh and then w- so the play actually Joanne. didn't end that way oh it didn't it, it didn't. ended with him getting court-martialed no <gasps> okay dang so um sorkin said he enjoyed working for reiner even though the director ordered him to make countless rigorous revisions of his screenplay jeez one major revision, unlike the play where a doctored logbook is the smoking gun mm. that gives Caffey the break he needs, Reiner insisted that Cruz's character win the case on his courtroom skills alone. Okay, see, that would have made it way more believable legally because you yeah. have evidence. Yeah. So in the play, the doctored mm. logbook from mm-hmm. Andrews Air Force Base actually, actually existed. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so it showed that a flight landed. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the, that's evidence. Because yeah. then you have a reason. Yeah. So then you wouldn't have been court-martialed. Right. But so in the but in the movie, Rob Reiner was like, nah, I think it'll be more dramatic if right. you didn't have anything. Oh, it's definitely more dramatic, <laughs> but it's way believable the other way. 
And it, it kind of like, you know, I feel like it kind of takes away from his courtroom credibility a little bit because anyone as an attorney who watches that movie is like, that would never happen. Yeah, so why would you do, do that? that? Yeah. yeah, like that's a terrible idea. So yeah. I feel like having the doctor's logbook and being that thorough yeah. to even fi- think to look at that logbook yeah. would have been more of a testament to Doesn't his Doesn't it make you want to read the play though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like want to see the play. I want to like find it. I yeah, I love, I love stuff that's like transitioned over like and how different it is and yeah. how much. That makes me so mad because like, that would have been way better. <laughs> well, like in a, in a movie, like it's not, I'm not at all saying a movie's easier because it's so much harder in different ways, but it's just like you can cut and you can, mm-hmm. yeah. And you're not like, you know, like moving the courtroom like on yeah. the stage. <laughs> Give us 10 seconds. We got to get this thing off. Now yeah. we're in the apartment. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So Jocelyn, from yeah. an acting perspective, what'd you think about this? <sighs> I mean, there's some like knockouts. Um, I have a note of like, why are badass, oh, bad bum men in movies? <laughs> you can, okay. you can say badass. I badass say men badass. in movies. Um, why are badass men in movies always eating? Oh, like, oh, like I Brad love, Pitt. Like, I'm like, what is that? Yeah, yes. like Brad Pitt notion. I wrote down Brad Pitt notions 11. Yeah. Ryan Gosling in It's Crazy Stupid Love. It's like, wow, and he's like eating a big piece of pizza. Yeah. I, like, what is that? The I actually wrote, like, I love the character choice to have Tom Cruise always eating. I actually feel like it's, um, I've always thought this, especially the scene where he walks in with the apple mm-hmm. to uh, Galloway's. It actually changes the way you act. Do, do you, would you agree with that? I, I yeah. Well, I think, I think it's a, a thing to show that you don't care. Yes. Arrogance. You know, yeah, like arrogance. Yeah, it like adds for sure. that like ad- added element. Like he's holding it in his mouth and like mm-hmm. he's like pointing and like he's not actually saying anything because he's holding it. And then it's like the whole, like the whole, like his hands are sticky from the apple. So he's rubbing them. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it just makes it, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It makes it look like he doesn't care that he's not all there. Like he's mm-hmm. focused on something else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like so disrespectful to do. I would never go into like a meeting with someone I'd never met and like be eating something. Yeah. You just never do that. Yeah. Let alone if you're in the military. Yeah. And meeting with a higher ranking officer. Right. Yeah. But as an actor, that's like the best thing you can have is like, give oh. me an apple. Oh my God. Amazing. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I am going to yes. play so hard yeah. off of this apple. Yeah. But like, you know, like him leaving it in his mouth and then yeah. like all the stuff you notice, like exactly yeah. like, oh, okay, I can't touch that now because I'm yeah. like, it's so good. Like, well, it's, it's like even like he rubs it on his, sh- like on his uniform. Like, mm-hmm. it's another like, it's a really small character thing of like his disrespect for the military in the uniform to a degree yeah, yeah right. in the yeah. uniform it's such a small thing but you like you're you like oh he does yeah he rubbed yeah. his sticky fingers all point. over it like yep. mm-hmm. i love little stuff like that yep um okay wait let me see what i have tonight um i love i have like a couple of the classic tom cruise like i feel like so many movies have, i literally wrote a classic tom cruise cracking moment always great <laughs> but like his thing at the end and then his um um i can't remember where it is in the movie though i know the law when oh. he's fighting with her she's drunk Wait, no, 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 no sh- it's not when he's drunk. No, it's, it's before. Remember he's like, I know the law and she's like trying to get him to do it. It's right before. Um, oh, it's when he decides that he's going to mm-hmm. ask for a new what counsel. Is he saying, on the- remember? Oh, right. Right. He's I saying- love that line. That was so good. I only wrote saying- down. I know the law. Oh, hang on. She's saying, he says, that- it doesn't matter what I believe. It only matters what I can prove. Yeah. Like, he says that was right. such yeah. a great line. Yeah. And that's so true. Like it doesn't matter what you know or what you think. Like if you can't get the jury to think it, then it's non-existent. It doesn't matter. Um, what does she say? Um, don't look now, Danny, but you're making an argument. Oh, it's that scene. She's yeah. so condescending. I hate her so much. Oh, yeah. but it's such a good line. Okay, but okay, but listen, look at it this way, just a little bit, that maybe she's pushing him to be a better person. A reckless attorney is what she's pushing him to be. <laughs> right. Okay, in the narrative, Maddie, she's pushing him to like, be a yeah, better should person. Should he plea bargain all those cases? No. Should his first thought when there's a murder case be to plea it out for 12 years without even looking at it? anything no so I, yeah I, I get that that she's like you know he needs to be a little more thorough yeah but yeah but she, I love the setup then for the this is what a courtroom looks like yeah that's yeah so good 
Um, this is the writing so good. Like there's so many payoffs to like, and I think that's like, there's always like, you know, like people say cheesy lines, but I love when an actor can like push through. Yeah. The cheesiness. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, it didn't feel like out of, out of place to yeah, me. Nothing I think Tom Cruise said, I'm sure there were some che- cheesy lines that if anyone else said them, I would have thought they were yeah, cheesy. Like I, I always think like when you're like, Oh, that's kind of cheesy, but I totally bought it. I'm like, that's like yeah. a good actor. You know what I mean? Sold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, cause like, I just felt like, cause, um, yeah, that's just such a, he liked it. Oh, this is what a courtroom oh, looks like. Oh, this is what a courtroom looks like. Um, yeah. For some reason, I wrote nice opening statement, Kev. Apparently, I'm the lawyer now. Kevin Bacon really <laughs> slayed it. I was like, dang, they did it. Lock him up, boys. Really <laughs> presented all the facts. Oh, see, I have opening statement by Kevin Bacon leaves much to be desired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, book him. But I did write that in the beginning. Once he goes up to the jury, he was standing really close to the jury box. I was like, geez, Bacon, back off. Like, back off. You're, Give him some space. You're staring up your nose. Like, <laughs> another classic movie thing that I wrote down that I always notice. I'll have a beer, please. I was like, Bud Light, Blue Moon, Braxton, yeah. Modelo, Corona, Heineken. Like, what kind of options? beer do you want? Right. She's like, just be Sir, like, this just is a bar. Uh, <laughs> you can literally have whatever you want. Please be we, more We have 50 yeah. kinds of beers. Right. Which beer would you like? Right. Oh, it's funny. Oh, oh, I hilarious. loved how you recognized Cuba getting Junior solely by his voice oh, before I they love showed who it was. Dawson goes, Cuba? Like, he just starts talking. She goes, Cuba! <laughs> I love Cuba getting Junior. Mostly well, so from his work in Snow Dogs. <laughs> Snow Dogs. I also realized that his mom in Snow Dogs is Uhura from the Star Trek series. I did oh, not know that. You've never seen Star Trek? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Um, well, I know Cuba Gooding Jr. from his other pairing with Tom Cruise, Jerry Maguire. I flipping mm. love Jerry yes. Maguire. Show so me the money! I've never seen that. What? Oh, it's yeah. so, I just made it. I it's need so to good. watch it. My, that's my mom's favorite movie. It's, oh, it's so, so good. He's it's, an absolute maniac. <laughs> <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. and so is Tom Cruise, but Cuba Gooding yeah, Jr. Awesome. is crazy in that movie. I need to watch yeah. it. I've yeah. heard it's good, and it's got a really good Rotten Tomato score. So I looked it up the other day. You need to watch that. It's episode seven of the podcast. So, <laughs> but I, I think what I like about Tom Cruise as an actor, I wrote this of like, what is the subtext of Tom Cruise's lines? Like he, he, I don't know how to describe it. Like he's never just. We always talk about subtext as actors of like, I can ask like, are you wearing that? Or like, are you wearing that? Like it changes. Right, what I'm thinking changes how I yeah. say it. And Tom Cruise always has. Like, he never just asks anything. It's always, like, he has, like, this weird subtext. Like, I wrote down for some reason, um, I'm going to put Jessup on the stand. Oh, when he's but yelling like, at her yeah. out the car door? Yeah, but, like, he, like it's not just, I'm going to put Jessup on the stand. He's like, I'm going to, don't swear to God, stop walking away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he just always Like, has he like, says so much with how he's yes. saying it. Yeah, yeah, with, like, not important lines. Like, the, you know, and that's why I try to teach my kids. of Like, you can be saying one thing and, like, mean something completely yeah. different or, like, up the stakes and all that. Yeah. But I just think he's amazing at that. Amazing Jessup impersonation. I, th- I know. Oh, did yeah. you know? Okay, so that was improvised. He oh, wasn't yeah. supposed to do that. And when their reactions in that scene Is are real, like they uh, didn't know he was going to do that. Well, so was the line written or did he add the whole? No, the line was written, but he did. He said it like Jack Nicholson. That was the improvisation. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I thought, think too, like, we'll continue. I'll talk about it. No, you're good. I was going to say like, everybody always like you said every movie that Tom Cruise is in, he is, goes from zero to 60 Mm -hmm. in at least one scene. Oh yeah. Where Mm -hmm. he just loses it. Do we or not take the advice of the galactically stupid? (laughs) (laughs) Which I actually said the, the drunk Tom Cruise scene, everybody talks about the courtroom scene. And I actually think the drunk Tom Cruise scene is this on the same level of acting yeah. as the courtroom so scene. good like and nobody see, i would i felt that way about the um uh, tom monologue i know the law oh yeah like, that see? was that was the striking moment to me but yeah. i think it's maybe because demi moore was less involved in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> that, that, when he's drunk the audacity <clears throat> of joe galloway and that to have completely messed up the entire day of trial and then he comes in drunk and she's like 
are you drunk? <laughs> like, I like so everything. judgy. I'm like, you just ruined this entire day. And now you're asking yeah. him to, if he's drunk. To borrow a line from another part of the movie, I'm most certain I've earned it. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. And that is accurate. She she royally messes up so many times in that oh trial. Oh my gosh. When, just, she, when she objects multiple times. But, but I but will. In her defense, like she's, she, sorry, she's dealing with him who's like this cocky, like you're not giving, you know, like we know Tom Cruise, like, it's like, okay, another acting thing of like, you can't, you expect to win, but you don't know if you're going to win. Mm-hmm. So once you've watched the movie once, you're like, okay, he's going to do it. So just shut up and listen to what he's saying. Right. But in her defense, as her character, she's like, you don't know what you're doing. You came into this half-assed and now. But they already discussed it beforehand. Yeah, They said, true. don't, he's like, don't be too over anxious. Don't, don't do, do this. this. Don't, don't do, do that. that. Yeah. And she, that's yeah. like the worst thing you can do because now whenever anyone, the jury thinks back about that witness, all they're going to remember is that she was like freaking Desperately out. Desperately trying. Yeah. To. They're not going to remember his cross, which was really good. Right. It's like completely overshadowed. Yeah. yeah. But I think like, so Tom Cruise has his outbursts in every movie and mm-hmm. he's like the king of, oh my gosh, like in the courtroom scene where he's like, I think I'm entitled to them. And you can literally see the vein popping out right. in his forehead and his he's face amazing. is like red right um but he also feel i feel like he doesn't get enough credit for the quieter moments mm-hmm. like when he when colonel jessup gets up off of the stand to walk out when he didn't mm-hmm. dismiss him he's like i'm not done well sit which down. plays back to the scene earlier yeah yeah where he's like i am not finished sit down mm-hmm. like it's the way he says that and it's so commanding but it has no like volume level to it at all do you know what yeah. i mean like well, it's i think so that's centered but if you and you watch when he, jessup turns around yeah. Like, and I think that's like the whole thing is he's playing to like his sense of I'm in charge. I'm, I've yeah. made it this far. And I I'm not going to let like this you, little yeah, you kid tell me what up, to do. But yeah. He would feel like, okay, now I'm in this untouchable place. But like the, like I loved that moment when Jack Nicholson turned around and yeah. like could not believe that he said that to yeah. him. I was like, oh. Oh, and that, that's honestly like, and this is like every character in this movie, every actor in this movie, with the exception of Demi Moore, is firing on all cylinders. Like the judge, with the exception of Demi so Moore. so great. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, when he's, he's really like, good. he's like, uh, please the court, he would, you know, uh, like basically like call me Colonel. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've earned it. And then the yeah. judge is like, well, you will call me Judge or Your Honor. I'm most certain I've earned it. Judges are. But I think that was constant, biggie. like through the whole thing was, it was like a constant power yeah mm-hmm. struggle power for struggle everybody like yeah like then the judge is like no but i'm in charge yeah. <laughs> so like, like, sit down yeah. yeah you sit down you sit down i'm number one and i just thought that was like but i think like struggle. i think it's a very hard thing to play drunk i would assume i've never yeah. tried to act drunk yeah. um but like Nor have i but i would assume as an actor i don't know you're an actor have you ever mm-hmm. had to play drunk yes is it hard yeah you yeah because well so it's always like your obstacle right so like I think a lot of times if you're an actor and you and like a a, a newer actor might they just play drunk. I was gonna say I feel like I'd overact right. it yeah like and that's a, a thing you fall into it's like I'm, I'm drunk can you tell I'm drunk I'm drunk yeah. I'm drunk instead of like no like the, most of the time when you're drunk what are you trying to do trying to yeah. prove I'm that you're fine drunk, yeah you know what I mean like so it's like it's the obstacle to you as you're drunk but you're still trying to get your point across you're still yeah so that's what I think is hard about it is like the subtlety of like it, there's this thing and I always think it's so interesting I talk about it with everyone is like there's this lesson where there's a bear chasing a man into a house 
And so, like, what's the man thinking? Like, he knows there's a bear chasing him, right? The bear is chasing him. He's aware of that. But what's his goal? Get in to the get house. to the house. Yeah. And so you can't, as the actor, play like, there's a bear, there's a bear, I'm wasted, I'm wasted. I'm wasted. <laughs> you play, I'm trying to get what I want. Yeah. And that's inhibiting you. Yeah. Right? And so that's where I think, like, that's what I thought was so good about it is he's, like, trying so hard to act like Normal, he can still yeah. keep it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but he's, just, like, even when he, like, walks, like, he gets mm-hmm. up and he kind of, like, stumbles a little bit. And even, like, his eyes, like, he's, like, searching. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he, I, I just think it's such a good, like, to me, like, he blows up in that scene, which is classic Tom Cruise, but the actual like subtle acting of that scene of him being yeah. like totally hammered. And is then when he's so talking good. about his dad too, it's like yeah. the most authentic you've ever seen him when he's talking about his yeah, dad. Yeah. Like after she leaves mm-hmm. and he's like, everything kind of quiets and down. And that guy being like, don't do this to yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. it's like, I think it's a really, really good. This whole like, what do we get Johnny? Like he like right. goes up on that whole thing. Yeah. Like, that's right. A court martial. Well, and I think that like, that's an ama- like amazing writing in itself of like, you know, for those of us who have been too drunk, like, like you don't always listen to, it stops becoming about anybody else, but like what you want, like, yeah. it, like almost laser focuses on what you want. Yeah. And so all he wants is to get his point across and like no one else is even listening or saying anything anymore. Yeah. Not that they're not listening, but they're just like shocked. Yeah. And standing there. He and he, and like time. in classic, like usually drunk person fashion, like he just pushes it too far. Yeah. Which then she leaves. Mm-hmm. and then why they let him drive the car to chase it's because her. Because they decided to film the scene had cars parked on the other side of the street, <laughs> so he couldn't be in the passenger side because the funny? cars would be blocking the shot. Do you know what's hilarious? Is I've thought that before, but never noticed that Sam is in the car. Yeah. Maddie goes, Sam is in the car. Why yeah. isn't he driving? Yeah. And Tom Cruise gets out of the car, so he could have been on the passenger right. side. Right. They sh- yeah, yeah. they should have just had him it's in the- It's really, well, really yeah. not And safe. based on that little, whatever bottle of alcohol that was, I can't remember. It's Jim but Beam, it was, which is cocktail but it was like two-thirds gone yeah he was maybe three-fourths yeah it was like well like i think like 85 percent if there was like not much left in it yep um yeah i think that was there any other i mean jack nicholson is like yeah so by kevin bacon either kevin bacon's good bacon's cross of the dumb the dumb guy was so good yes And he's like, yeah. he's just laser focused, staring at him, trying to get this answer. She's objecting in the background. He's like, he's been read his rights, but the whole time he's just staring at him. Yeah. It was so good. And yeah. Well, it's like uh, the whole movie is about like, like a theme of like power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he knows he can get to that guy. Yeah. yeah. And so like, he's not going to take his eyes off him. He's not going to, cause what does he want? He wants him to crack. Yeah. yeah. And, and so they like, like, and they set up so well that scene. Cause when they're walking into the courtroom to like start the court you know the the trial for the day mm, and she's, she's like don't nervous. she's like talk slow like don't ask him any don't use big words like all this stuff because he mm-hmm. gets confused easily and like and that was another one of joe opposite. galloway's galactic screw-ups <laughs> there is galactic. no reason she shouldn't have known that i know that he wasn't there that's yeah, crazy she just never asked a clarifying right. question of like who did you hear the code read from right yeah well that's because she's never prepped a witness before because she's yeah. not a trial attorney like when they were doing that montage and he's like sitting in the chair pretending sam weinberg yeah. is sitting in the chair pretending to be the doctor like just done that so many times like yeah. you know like where you're you're questioning your co-counsel like trying to get <laughs> what does he to, say he's like were there no other signs of violence he's like you mean besides the dead body and he's yeah. like well i yeah, walk I, right I, into I, that one shit, yeah. i walk into that every time <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so accurate like i've done that before where i like walk you know like you're trying because that's like what you were talking about where you're trying to set up those questions to like slowly yeah like to lead the person yeah, to get to where you, you want met, if you leave one little open avenue they can yeah. skirt out of your right you're, you're getting him to, to try them. to you're getting him to you want to get him to a point where they're contradicting themselves right because that's when you have them or where they're proving your point right exactly yeah. um all right jack nicholson's like <sighs> we could spend three do days. you know yeah. okay so how many scenes do you think jack nicholson's in in this movie don't answer because you've seen it a million times mm-hmm. how many scenes do you think he's in based on just 
you're uh, what you I think mean, of. he feels like a big character, but he's only in like I can think of the table scene, mm-hmm. probably like four or five, four scenes. Is he? But think about how when people think of this movie, they think of Jack Nicholson, right? And he's only in four scenes the of the whole movie, but he's so every time he's on screen, you're like mm-hmm. just glued. And that last mm-hmm. scene's like thirty minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> and it is iconic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is the climax yeah. of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> for right. sure. Um, no, but I like. Um, I love when you can see someone um, slowly unravel. Yeah. But um, what I liked about, what I thought was so strong about that was he never, compl- like, he never Tom Cruise loses it. Yeah. Because that's not who he is. And that's not, like, I think that would have ripped everybody out of it. You know what I mean? If yeah. he just went crazy and starts tipping stuff up. Like, no, he's yeah. like a decorated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, he, but he, so he's furious, but he's always in control. And that's what yeah. I love. Like, that's another thing of, like, what's your, what's your, um, what's holding you back, what's your objective yeah. and what's holding you back, your obstacle. Which is why when he loses it at the very end, it's so like, when he's like, you're right. Like, well, and he, yeah. almost, he almost does, it almost like, I wrote like, boom, sizzle, 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 explode. Yeah. Because he has that like, you can't handle the truth. Then he yeah. reigns it back in. Yeah. Just like, seething, he's like, ooh, seething, he's, seething, he's seething. baiting me. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can and tell he, he sees it. And then when he says, I'll answer the question. Yeah, it's because well, yeah. I'm talking about when he attacks him at the very end. Like, oh, it's see, like that, that final, uh, like, oh, yeah, with yeah, your yeah, favorite yeah. line. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll rip your eyes out. Dead yep. or dead, skull. It's like yeah. he's already lost everything at that point, though. Like he has no reason to like hold it in his. Right. Well, it's anymore. interesting too because he has that moment where he realizes it and he steps back and he pulls his uniform down. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta like pull myself together. Yeah. Even yeah. like even though I've lost, like I'm still Colonel. Well, Nathan and then Jessup. even after the flip out, he puts his hat under his arm and walks yep. out. Like yeah. I thought that was a great moment too. Like. He's like not willing to let it go. Yeah, he's still he's like that old military like doesn't believe anything he did was wrong there. Like yeah. he thinks that what he did is protecting he's saving lives. Like he says Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. Like yeah. he's willing he to sacrifice that word for word. That was nice. Yeah. Santiago for yeah. the good of all. It of is interesting too, because when he has that meeting in his office with um Kendrick and uh Markinson, he's like, We're in the business of saving lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude you just let somebody die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't like it is, but you're right. It's that like that utilitarian, the, the greater like, for all mm-hmm. at the expense of a few, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, kind of viewpoint. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And um, I love, um, his, and like Tom Cruise is like the opposite, you know, yeah. it's like more on like, like that's how our whole system is structured. Like your duty, what's your obligation to another person? Yeah. You know, that's our whole legal system. Like in the civil system, like if you're trying to prove that someone's negligent, it's like, well, what, what duty did you have to that person? Right. And how did you break it? Yeah. It's not like what was right and what was wrong. It yeah. Was, it's like, right. that's how it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry, I interrupted you, Jocelyn. No, that's okay. We're good. You were talking about Jack Nicholson. Were you saying I know, I can't else? remember what I was going to say. I don't know. Um, um, yeah, Demi Moore really is the weak link in this movie, Yes, even Sam Weinberg's so good. He's so good. So I have a yeah. trivia fact, actually, that... Um, Jason Alexander was supposed to play. He, he also would have been good. But he looks like they look, they're the same person. They like, are. We can't get him. Get this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love exactly that. Like when, when get the B-list like, version right. of Jason Alexander. When Jessup's doing his uh, monologue, I started, I always laugh so hard when he's like talking to Cappy. He hasn't referenced Weinberg the entire time, but he's like, who's going to pick up the uniform? You, Lieutenant Cappy. He goes, you, Cappy. And then he goes, you, Lieutenant Weinberg. And like right. points at him like this little dweeby guy. Right. He's like, what, well, me? That's no. A, that's what I was going to say about him is like, I love when you can tell Everything Jack Nicholson says, you can tell exactly how he feels about that. Yeah. yeah. Like he and always, he thinks he, Lieutenant Weinberg's a little weasel. Like uh-huh. he doesn't respect him. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like you, you can't handle this stuff and I'm the one who can. And that's, and like places and parties you don't talk about, yeah. you know, of like you little weenies out there who can't, like <laughs> yeah. I'm the one on the front line. Yeah. I'm the one. What's the line he says about like, 
um, where he's like, we fight, basically like we fight for the freedom, but, and I, he, oh, he, says, he says, we, um, you, uh, sleep under the very blanket of freedom that we provide and so they question, question the manner in which we provide it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good line. Mm-hmm. That whole well, thing. And, and the whole, like the idea of like, you don't want to talk about it, but deep down you want me there. You yeah. want someone like me you who's going to put it on up. That yeah. Wall. You need me on Yeah. That like someone wall. who's not going to like back down and yeah. someone who's, Yeah. Which like, and I think that's like the crazy thing about this movie. Like you said, it's interesting. It's a power struggle, but it's also, it is about like the ethics and everybody having like a different, and none of them are like entirely wrong. Mm-mm. That's like, what I was going to say. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I kind of feel bad for Jessup. Like, yeah, because in either way, like, was it, is that proving that he want, was he trying to get him to die? Like no one thought he was going to die. Yeah. Yeah. No the, the purpose was never for him to die. It was more so or less like, like who's to blame because he did die. Yeah. Right. But so then like, even that like makes me like feel a little bad for him. Cause he's just like, not you in ha- the right you way. You have to but, think like in the military, especially in um, a place where they are so close to foreign, you know, combatants that you have to make hard decisions Yeah, right. that aren't always going to, be for the benefit of everyone do you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah. like and, and so like fast decisions not yeah. to say like that was a fast one yeah. but like most of the time he's making all these decisions that he like yeah. can't even and, and like, i think that's why the scene the flashback scene with markinson and kendrick shows you like you almost need to have that scene to show how sarcastically he handled it to show his like negligence of the, yeah like because yeah. otherwise i think you could somebody could come out of it and go but yeah. You know what I mean? Like but he, he was like, Oh, he can't handle it. Yeah. Like let's yeah, toughen him up. It's not like his ethical argument really that they're they're attacking. It's kinda like his his lack of care. Yeah. And his trying to cover it up after the fact. Like ethically, yeah. like he could there's an argument that can be made there that like what you know, what he was doing was to strengthen the unit. Like yeah. that makes sense. And then ethically there's also the argument, you know, that no, you have to value your responsibilities and obligations right. to other people. But also right. like what's it gonna hurt you, man, to just transfer the guy off the base? Like if he's yeah, not like, that like was another weird well, he pride said, thing. Like he a, said it's uh what did he say? He said I wrote it down. I also said I want a Markinson backstory. He says shipping him off to another assignment instead of properly training him puts lives in danger cuz yeah. he, he's saying what they're doing there is just passing him passing yeah. the buck essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like that's why he wouldn't transfer him cuz yeah. like he's just going to be somewhere else. Yeah. I like, guess that's right. true. Being substandard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back to your Tom Cruise thing. One thing I love about Tom Cruise, and this is something that I'm finding in all of these movies that I'm watching, is there are very few actors, I think, that can play smug without being off-putting. Oh, yeah. You still love uh-huh. Tom Cruise. Like, no you, how still, much little- you still love him, <laughs> even though he's being such a smug yeah. little jerk. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're kind of like, oh. Yeah, there's, like a, there's oh, like the, fi- yeah. the fine line of, like, charismatic smug. Like, he's charismatic. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But that's like a hard line to mm-hmm. pull off. Like without being like, I really hate that guy. He's like, like that in a lot of movies. Yeah. It's kind of like his bread and butter to yeah, some degree. Right. Um, he does that a lot. And, he do- and it's interesting. He doesn't really. This is one of the few movies that I found early on in his career that he really understood the humor of it. Mm-hmm. He's gotten a lot more humorous in his later. I think after the whole Katie Holmes couch jumping Scientology weirdness mm-hmm. incident he's really kind of had to like invent himself differently as an actor. And so even like the last two mission impossible movies and like, there's one called night and day with him and Cameron Diaz where he's almost making fun of himself as Mm -hmm. an action star. Mm -hmm. And, but there's a scene in rogue nation where he literally like 
they have to like shock him back to life. Like they're like clear, like whatever. And he's like, he's like, we gotta go. She's, you know, running from us. And so they go to get in this car and like Benji's like, can you drive? Like we literally just, and he's like, I got this. And he goes to jump over the car and like just catches his foot and just falls like flat on his face. You know what I mean? Um, And there are some scenes in this movie where you're like, okay, he gets, he's not like a comedic actor, but he understands the humor. Mm-hmm. like of his character and like I think he's more witty in this I think it's not physical humor in this movie it's more of like that wittiness mm-hmm. um but I think that kind of shows through there are some really funny moments in this movie like some really like laugh out loud like witty uh-huh. clever mm-hmm. lines it's not all serious it reminds me too have you done Magnolia yet not yet oh it's and a, I've never seen doozy. it yeah it's, it's not, Paul Thomas Anderson it's pretty uh pretty yeah uh, He's got an, he's an early character. Great. But I can't he's wait. really good. That's probably yeah. my favorite Tom Cruise movie. Like he's just amazing in it. Yeah. Such a good hmm. actor. Um, so that's an interesting question. What is that's your favorite? Do you think that's your favorite Tom Cruise performance? Magnolia? Yeah. I, this is my favorite movie. Yeah. A few good men, but that he is amazing in that movie. Well, I can't wait to watch that one. What's your favorite? It's very do you think like it's a, it's a good movie. I'm trying to think of get, name them all. Cause right now, Jerry Maguire is the first one popping into my head, but I'm trying I to think, think of Jerry like, Maguire is honestly top three for me. Top I think another so, famous. I've never seen Top Gun. Top no, Gun's good. But um, I don't think I've but seen a ton of... he doesn't really have like a character in Top no, Gun. No, he's basically think. playing Tom Cruise. Yeah. That like flies in Magnolia, he's like such a... He's, I've never seen him be such a character like he is in that See, movie. I want I'm like dying to watch that now, yeah. It's really good. But that's why... He's like this super like misogynistic <gasps> like pickup artist guy. Let's do another episode. Let's do Magnolia. <laughs> Magnolia. <laughs> it's so good. Um, Interesting. Do you think... I don't know. Jerry Maguire's a good one though. I like Jerry Maguire so much. Um, What else is he in? I always feel like he does like... Even, like, that's what I was trying to, like, put into words when you said, like, why you like him. I'm like, why do we like him when yeah. he's smug? And I think it's because, like, he always plays it slightly self-aware. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's almost like we get that it's, like, who he is, but he's not. Uh, like, I hate the person's like, I'm a jerk. Sorry. It's who yeah. I am. Take it or leave it, baby. Yeah. And it never feels like that with him. Yeah. It always feels like, oh, not apologetic, but almost, like, playful. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like smug, but yeah. 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 And not, yeah. Like not like it's not who he is, but it's like, yeah. Like it's playful. Like he's yeah. doing it for a reaction from yeah. the other person like to I, connect. Like I love the, the first, the very first scene he's in is one of the softball scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the guy like walks up to him and he's like, he's like, yeah. And he's like, do they still, do they, what does he say? Do they do have they still a hang people from yard, yard arms? Yeah. In the the yard arms <laughs> in the Navy. And he's like, no, I don't think they do. And he's like, he doesn't think they hang your, like he just repeat, like, even right. though the guy heard it, yeah, right. like he repeats it. Right. And it's like, that's such a jerk move, but it's the way he says it mm-hmm. that makes it funny and playful, right. like you said, right. where you're like, it's almost like a... Like, it's almost like all in good fun. Like, you can best me, I'm going to best you. Yeah. It's not like I think I'm untouchable. And well, and I think he always plays, like, even if it, they're smug, like, they always have a heart. Like, he's mm-hmm. always, like, even though, like, he's <laughs> smug, um, he's not not willing to hear what other people are saying. Like, he allows Joanne to shape how he's thinking about it yeah even though he maybe doesn't say it outwardly like, like, you she know definitely I mean? persuades him yeah i mean she i mean she's got a point in a lot of respects i still hate her but she's got a point yeah in a for lot sure. of she's just she's just incompetent that's um okay so we have some trivia for this we've gone <laughs> over some of the trivia um as we've talked about it um this i think is fascinating and speaks to jack nicholson as an actor so you know like with theater obviously like you have the performance and that's it mm-hmm. and then but with movies and stuff like they're filming multiple takes mm-hmm. so jack nicholson repeated his famous courtroom monologue off camera several times so they could film the reactions of other actors and actresses from various angles um nicholson's memorable on-camera performance was actually filmed last 
But according to Reiner and the other cast members, Nicholson gave it his all every take as if he was on camera. And Nicholson said he was quite spent by the time it was finished. (laughs) But imagine doing that. How many times do you have to do it? I bet they did it. Probably like you have to think there's, you've got Tom Cruise's angle, Kevin Bacon in the prosecution table, the defense, plus the the judge Mm -hmm. and Dawson and Downey. Mm -hmm. So that's six different angles. They are probably doing multiple takes Mm -hmm. on each of those. So I would say a safe bet would be 20 times before they got to him. Jeez, and then he did that last one. And a lot of times what they'll do is the actor won't even do it. Yeah, like, like they'll just reading. have yeah, they'll just have him come in and read and it's like whatever and Nicholson was like, "Nope, I'm doing it." And they said he did it like 100% every time, which is crazy. And you think about how good that was. And it was like the 20 something mm-hmm. time he did it. He's such a good actor. He's yeah. so like, good. Has has he won? He's won Oscars, right? Didn't he win win one for like as good as it gets or something? I think so. Isn't did he win for the, the Shining? Nest? Isn't that a huge one too? One Everyone flew over the cuckoo's nest. I'm yeah, sure yeah, he's, he's won. I know he's been nominated a lot. I know they didn't want to use him in The Shining because of one threw over the cuckoo, flew over the cuckoo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, why? Because he was already crazy in it. Yeah, I've never seen that. I just know it's it was like one too similar. Like they were like, eh, like well, and they're wanna... like, no, everyone's gonna see Jack Nicholson and know he's gonna go crazy. It's yeah. not like just your normal average dad who all yeah. of a sudden starts going crazy. Like they're gonna be like, oh, he's Jack Nicholson, right? Um, the original play was inspired by an actual Code Red at Guantanamo Bay. Mm. Um, Lance Corporal David Cox and nine other enlisted men tied up a fellow Marine. Um, and severely beat him for snitching to the Naval Criminal Investigative Service. Cox was acquitted and later honorably discharged. In 1994, David Cox mysteriously vanished, and his bullet-riddled body was found three months later, and his murder remains unsolved. That was after the movie came out. Yeah. So, wait, the guy that got beat up was shot, or the guy that did it? the guy who did it. Interesting. Yeah. Now, that's a movie I want to watch. Yeah, that's scary. There's something a lot more... um, a, like aggressive too and sinister about what actually happened yeah than what like the movie portrayed oh happen. yeah 100 um the movie's line you can't handle the truth was voted as the number 29 uh highest movie quote um by the american film institute so it's in the top 100 at number 29 i would that have thought it would have so been higher like what's number one um i think it's here's looking at you kid from casablanca mm. I think. Is Here's Johnny on there? I'm sure. <laughs> Jack Nicholson probably has a couple on yeah. there. There has to be, like, You Had Me at lo- Hello has yes. to be on Actually, there. Actually, I think You Had Me at Hello is, like, number three. Like, it's, like, yeah. something crazy high. Um, <laughs> this is interesting and totally speaks to the sexism that took place in the God, 90s. God, that was brutal. I do um, forgive Demi Moore a so little bit for that. So, imagine, so you, it's bad in the movie, but mm. this happened outside the movie. So, an unnamed executive gave Aaron Sorkin a note. If, if Tom Cruise and Demi Moore aren't going to sleep with each other, why is Demi Moore a woman? Oh my gosh. Well, I, oh, I literally yeah. wrote that. I wanted to say, like, I was, re- I thought the whole time, like, we're gonna have to watch them, like, when they started doing the date thing, I was like, no. Like, yeah. why does it have to be that, like, I kind of love that they some, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was awesome. There's not some awkward kiss place somewhere yeah, or something. Or, like, at the end, like, this brought them together. It's like, no, yeah. you can have, like, a professional and be super happy for each other and, yeah, and like, have a friendship. Exactly. And yeah. with each other. Um, it says he responded by saying, I said the obvious answer. Women have purposes other than to sleep with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Right. Women have other purposes. And then Aaron the Sorkin, yeah, said that he claimed that incident was the worst experience he's had as a screenwriter. Just that moment, not the, this movie, right. but like, cause he's like, I don't understand why I have to explain why it's a woman. Like they exist and yeah, yeah. why is it a woman? Uh, so Jack Nicholson was paid $5 million for 10 days work. He filmed everything for this movie in 10 days. He got paid $5 million. Well, after showing how much work he did on that one scene alone, I'm I like, know. okay, well. Isn't that right. crazy, though? I'd like that to be 10 days of work for me. I wonder how, I've never really heard about, like, Jack Nichols. You know, they always, like, have people, like, no one likes Catherine Heigl, and no one, like, yeah. I wonder what Jack Nicholson, because he seems like 
I think people really like Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, According to Rob Reiner, Tom Cruise would always stay after rehearsals to work on perfecting his role. And I do feel like... For all of Tom Cruise's faults, he's a wackadoo. I think he has a he's weird... He's a great actor. I think he's weird personal beliefs, but he gives 120% to everything he does. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it's stunts in a Mission Impossible movie mm-hmm. or these acting roles. Oh, we're also mm-hmm. forgetting American Made. He's so good in American he's Made. He's so good in American Made. That's a more recent one. You should Why watch that not? one. Yeah, I need to watch... So I like good. Tom Cruise. I just don't know a lot of his movies, I'm realizing. Um, we'll just go back and look at the podcast and right. start watching them in, know, the, go, in the order we, we do. 17 to go. quite a love for Tom Cruise. Um, but I think he's so dedicated and I think he's one of those people that just like genuinely loves the craft. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I think he, gen- there was some, I read somewhere I re- the, somebody reported that he watches a movie a day. Like really? he makes a point to like watch that. a movie every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's seen so many movies. Yeah. Um, but I just think he's, he produces, he obviously didn't do this cause this is like early on in his career, but even now everything he does, he produces mm-hmm. and he's so involved in the making of the movie. And I think he just loves it. Like, yeah. I think he just loves making movies. Right. Like, I think he just loves the, the thrill of it. Um, this is interesting. The defense department refused to endorse the film. <laughs> This meant that the filmmakers couldn't utilize any military installations during filming. So most of it was shot on a Culver City soundstage. Mm. So they couldn't, Mm. like the base, everything like that, they had to build. Like that wasn't a real military base. Um, The original play, A Few Good Men by Aaron Sorkin, opened at the Music Box Theater on November 15th, 1989 and ran for 497 performances. So it really didn't, Mm. it really didn't go for super long. Um, This is interesting, too. The title for the play and the film came from a long-running recruiting campaign for the U.S. Marine Corps. The tagline was, we're looking for a few good men, which it's now the few, the proud, the Marines. Mm -hmm. They changed it. Um, This is, so you're probably not familiar if you've not watched a lot of Aaron Sorkin projects. This became a thing in the West Wing, but they're called walk and talks. Where mm. they walk from one room to another, mm-hmm. and they it's a huge dialogue scene while they're walking, like which where is where he's eating the donut, walking down the yes. hallway. Yeah. So this was the first movie that Aaron Sorkin like kind of employed that technique. Mm. But I have heard from numerous actors on The West Wing that as an actor, it's so hard to do. Oh, I can't imagine because if you mess up, you have to go back and start at square one mm-hmm. because you can't cut that. You can't cut right. it together. You'll you know what I mean? Spot it's one long yeah. take. Yep. And Aaron, I can't tell you how many, like the best, the most infamous walk and talk of the West Wing was when Kristen Chenoweth was on the show. And it's Allison Janney, who is like seven feet tall mm-hmm. with Kristen Chenoweth. And she can't walk on an apple box. So it's literally their actual height disparity mm-hmm. on camera. And Kristen Chenoweth looks like a midget. Like right. Allison <laughs> Janney, is she the one from Community who's married to um, Dave Franco? Is that who that is? No. Who no, I, that's Allison Brie. Is, um, Allison Brie. Allison Janney's um dropped it gorgeous. Um she's uh the help. She's the I'm sorry, Genia. The mom. Who's she in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Have you seen the friend of the mom who's Oh yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you seen yeah. I Tanya? Yes, but she's, I don't remember. That's, she's her mom. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I remember her from the beer can stuck yeah. to the, yeah. The best but thing about- the blonde, the brunette. The hairdresser yeah, lady. Yeah, the one that's like, yeah. you can come to my trailer if you want. Yeah. yeah. But the oh, the best part of I, Tanya, is when it cuts back to her interview, and she's like, what the- <laughs> She's <laughs> like, I am not even part of this story. Like, it like cuts back. She's like been out of the movie for like 30 minutes. That was a good movie. Mm-hmm. So I loved it, Tanya. Um, 
Demi Moore reportedly agreed to negotiate her $3 million asking price down to $2 million because she was competing with Jodie Foster and Linda Hamilton, like I said before, and needed a hit after a string of box office failures. So she Why was like... Why want her? I probably they forked over the three and Jodie Foster would have been incredible. I know. Had she done Silence of the Lambs by this point? Jodie Foster? When was Silence of the no, Lambs? No, that was 94, 95. Yeah. When was that? It. I guess, but she, what she, had she done by then? She'd done, she was a child actress, wasn't yes. she? Oh yeah. She would have been amazing, but I am imagining that it was budgetary cuts. If they had mm-hmm. somebody come in and be like, I'll, it was 91. Yeah, so she'd already done Silence, Silence of the, of the Lambs. Lambs was 91. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure. It was, it was released on February 14th, 1991. She would have been so good. Oh my gosh, I know. Demi Moore really is the weak link, but she took a pay cut, and I'm sure it was budgetary where they were like, yeah, we could use that million dollars for something else. Yeah. Um, it was the only Best Picture nominee that year that didn't win any Academy Awards. Hmm. So it didn't win anything. Isn't that shocking? Yeah. So there are two misery novels that can be seen beside Danny's typewriter while he watches a ball game. Huh. And it was Rob Reiner's little nod to Misery, which he also oh, directed. Oh, that's awesome. Um, let's see here. Uh, a recent college graduate, Aaron Sorkin, was working as a bartender at some New York Broadway shows, and he wrote the entire play on cocktail napkins during Act One of La Caja Fall. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. You that's know what La Caja Fall is? No clue. It's they do. Um, it's like Can Can. Well, it has a whole show, and it's about um, like a back. It's like a, it's what Birdcage is based off. Oh, of. Didn't yeah. Make much Birdcage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then there's like can-can dancers, but they're all men. It's like amazing. It's awesome. That's awesome. Um, And then the date when Jessup ordered the code red was September 6th, which is two days before my birthday. (laughs) The most important trip. I know. Between that and the fact that there's a character with the last name Ross in the movie, I feel like this movie (laughs) was made just for me. Um, Such a good movie. uh, So good. Did you love it? Yeah. Did it live up to the hype? Yeah. Some amazing actors. Okay. Awesome. I'm glad. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. This really was a long time coming because- and now I have to watch Misery. I think that's the yep. trade-off that now yep. I've you've watched a Why few men. I'm just so happy to. It's like one of the few like <laughs> law movies I've loved that after law school still like is like yeah, it's a good movie. Like yeah. it still works. Like yeah, law like school ruined ruin every it. movie. Right. <laughs> every law movie. Oh, I'm sure. And, like did law school ruin Legally Blonde for you? <laughs> oh my gosh, don't you? <laughs> I could do three hours. On Legally I'm like Blonde. I know everything I know about law from Legally Blonde. So. Although my cousin Vinny, surprisingly, <laughs> very accurate. What's the uh, Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't kill their husbands. Right. Clear, classic evidence. That's right. <laughs> it's obvious that, <laughs> that she didn't kill. So bad. Oh my gosh. You got into Harvard. What? Like it's hard. Right. Um, okay. I'm so glad. Misery will watch it. Yep. Obviously won't be on the podcast. Maybe we'll do a Kathy Bates podcast right. after this. <laughs> what, what, what would I know the what title be? Give us a minute. We can cut it out. <laughs> It's like do, we just came do, up with it. Yeah. Do, do, we just do, came up with it. Like, what could it be? Kathy Bates Gates. I don't know. Got Bates Gates. <laughs> um, does it have to be alcohol related? Or no, I don't like. Splashy with Kathy. Somebody was like, do Emily Blunt next. And then you smoke weed. And I was like, no, I'm not Emily doing Blunt. that. Emily Blunt. <laughs> I, I, how many great movies is Emily Blunt in? Like, I did Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Okay, here's actually the nice thing about Tom Cruise is that for his age and the other people that I would consider in his iconic status, like Meryl Streep or Tom Hanks or people like that, he actually has like 20 less movies hmm. than those actors. Really? Like Tom Hanks has been in like 60 something. Meryl Streep's been in like 70. Mm-hmm. Um, Meryl Streep is amazing. And I'm like, 44 was doable. I'm like, 70 something is going to yeah. be a lot. Sometimes I He's guess. in a movie with Meryl Streep. What movie is it? Do you know? Valkyrie. No, but just, that was a good guess. <laughs> I don't know. Lions for Lambs, mm. 2007. Never, Never seen it. it. <laughs> Never seen it. But I, I will. Have, I have a lot of uh, Tom Cruise to catch up on. I know you do. Um, 
All right. I don't think we've not come up with a Kathy Bates. We're on it. We're gonna th- uh, all Bates I can think stamps. of is splashy with Kathy. It splashy. doesn't really rhyme. Splashy, splashy with Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we'll we'll give it some time. Thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, thanks for I having really us. appreciate yes. it. This is really fun. This is the first one I've had experts on. So uh, I, I would hardly classify this baby lawyer as an expert in anything. Experts is a stretch. Yeah, but like I didn't bring on somebody to watch Edge of Tomorrow and like we have a expert in killing aliens <laughs> here on the podcast. So do tell us what it's like. Um, so we, you at least got that going for you. But this was so fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Until, until next time. Until Woo-hoo. we do an actor. I'm going to do an actress next. We'll figure out who it is. Oh, yeah. Boom. It's going to be Meryl good. Streep. It has my vote. Uh, Fran, Fran was like, call Streep it. Streep Street. No, she was saying do. She had Steep with Streep or something. Meryl Steep and do tease. Mm. That was, yeah, that was so good. That was Fran. Fran, you are. She's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> She's a freaking genius. You are genius. witty yeah, as you are kind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time. Bye. Sister. Sisters, there were never such devoted sisters. Never had to have a chaperone, no sir. I'm here to keep my eye on her. Caring, sharing, every little thing that we are wearing. When a certain gentleman arrived from Rome, she wore the dress and I stayed home. All kinds of weather, we stick together The same in the rain or sun Two different faces, but in tight places We think and we act as one (laughs) Those who've seen us Know that not a thing can come between us Many men have tried to split us up But no one can Lord, help the mister Who comes between me and my sister And Lord, help the sister Who comes between me and my man